What's up, Kings fans, and welcome to episode number 62 of the Hockey Royalty Podcast, the official podcast of HockeyRoyalty.com, coming to you on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Scott Kimball, and boy, have we got a fun show to talk about today, because everybody's in a good mood again. It's amazing what happens when, when you win playoff games. Everybody just goes into a good mood. Uh, before I bring in my bandmates, so to speak, here, the power trio that is the Hockey Royalty Podcast, just want to remind you, you can find us on social media. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, uh, Instagram, YouTube, uh, just about anywhere you want to find us, we are there. Uh, look up Hockey Royalty and bang, there we are. So anyways, before we get into this uh, this smorgasbord of fun, if you will, I'm going to bring in my bandmates. First of all, our leader, the guy who is the, the top of the chain here at HockeyRoyalty.com, he is the one and the only Mr. Ryan Sykes. What's up, Ryan? Hey, Scott. How are we doing? Not too bad. I'm doing pretty good, actually. How about you? I'm good. Uh, for those watching on YouTube, camera's a little dark on my end. I don't know why, but um, I made sure I had another energy drink before we started here today, so I'll have to be the light for my camera. <laughs> well, <laughs> you certainly do have a certain aura and glow about you. That's for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, And the other part of this hockey triumvirate, of course, you know him as the Count of Corsi, the Prince of PDO, the Emperor of all things analytics, and the rising star of LA Kings Twitter. He is Mr. Russell Morgan. What's going on, Russ? What's up, guys? Yeah, feeling pretty good. Starting to get a little anxious for tonight. Feeling good. I know. I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wonder why. I wonder why. <laughs> as a matter of fact, let's talk about why. Why? Because our LA Kings can actually do it tonight. It's game six at the Crypto.com Arena. We can eliminate the Edmonton Oilers with a win, and that's because we, uh, guess what? We pulled it out of the fire. We did it. Game five in Edmonton at Rogers Place, at Rogers Center, whatever they call it. Anyways, um, you know what, guys? We looked really good through the first two periods. Just feeling really confident, and then all of a sudden, you know, they put together the, the super pair or whatever they want to call them, Dreisaitl, McDavid, whatever. They did their thing, but guess what? The Kings took over in overtime, and there we go. Our own Superman, Juice Kempe, did it for us. So, guys, your observations of that game. Let's start with you, Ryan. Well, that was a good response by the Kings to answer back and then eventually take a 4-2 lead. Um, be honest, Scott, when the Oilers tied it uh, near the end of regulation, I was not expecting a win. I was expecting my heart to be broken. Um, and honestly, if that had probably gone another two minutes in regulation, I, the Oilers might have pulled that one out. Um, start of overtime, the Philip to no line kind of just set the pace, and I, I thought it was a, a really good job by Adrian Kempe to recognize that Duncan Keith and Connor McDavid were still on the ice from the original shift to start the overtime, and he just kind of blew past Duncan Keith, made a really nice move on uh, Mike Smith, and bam, win it. Yeah, absolutely. How about you, Ross? Yeah, the game as a whole was exciting. I mean, you get started with pretty much exactly what we saw in game four, where the Kings were driving to the net, Carl Grunstrom just doing what he does best, just pretty much renting out space in the crease in front of Mike Smith, which has led to a lot of scoring opportunities for the Kings. And sure enough, Troy Stetcher, Man, what a what a replacement or what a what a roster addition he's been so far for the Kings. It, it was a little disconcerting when he first came in. Um, I think I think game four, where he was like, okay, well, who is he coming in for? And then turns out it was for Jordan Spence. And then 
there's a lot of question marks like, okay, well, Spence has looked pretty good, but I mean, it makes sense with how the first how games two and three went that you're just kind of looking for something. And Troy Stetcher, he's got some familiarity with uh, uh, Alex Edler, and he's he's played some games before, so he 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 knows the the kind of environment that he is he's he's in and and how to step up. And sure enough, he scored two goals in two games so far for the Kings. Um, but game five was pretty much an Adrian Kempe story. The Kings needed a big game from Adrian Kempe. We we were expecting he was the leading goal scorer for the Kings. This is a breakout season and. If he really wanted to show the Kings fans that he was ready for a big contract, the playoffs were a perfect opportunity for him to do that. And sure enough, game five, he comes through. He had, I mean, you can say his first goal was a little fluky. I mean, it's Mike Smith. Any goal that any goal that goes in might be fluky. I mean, you just throw the puck on net and hopefully something happens and you beat him five hole. But in overtime, yeah, the last five minutes of I guess the third period, it was just Man, you're just trying to get out of that period and try to wait till the buzzer and play till the buzzer and hopefully you come out with a tie just the way the Oilers were playing. They decided that the best thing that the Oilers can do was pair McDavid and Drysaddle up together, and that led to a ton of opportunities, offensive chances. Because throughout the whole game, the first two periods, the Kings were playing pretty well. And it kind they kind of almost kind of dominated. And then it was kind of clouded a little bit by the end of the game, the end of regulation. So luckily for the Kings, they get that they get that buzzer. They get the intermission to kind of relax, take a step back, and be like, "Hey guys, we're still it's still four four. Next goal wins. It's they might have the momentum, but we're still right here." And I just wish I was a fly on the wall in the locker room just to kind of see who was the one that was kind of leading the pack in terms of calming everybody down. I'm sure it was Kopitar. I'm sure it was Quickie. I'm sure they were all just like, "Hey guys, we've been here before. This is." You might be nervous. You might have a lot on your mind. But, hey, this is still a 4-4 game. We can still come out of here with a W. And Adrian Kempe, man, just a perfect move coming across the net, beating Duncan Keith and Mike Smith across the crease to send the Kings home happy. So looking forward to a big night tonight. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, Ryan, I got to agree with you. I mean, the way that Edmonton was playing in that third period, yeah, I mean, so the, the period ended pretty much at the an ideal opportunity for the Kings. I mean, but – Russ, to your point as well, I would have loved to have found out what was said in that locker room because when mm-hmm. the Kings played that overtime, the, I, Edmonton didn't even really touch the puck. Yeah. That, that was the amazing part, right? So, I mean, I'm going to be very curious to see tonight whether or not they stick with the uh, the mcdavid Dreisaitl combination um, for the simple reason that now we're going to be back in L.A., uh, Coach McClellan's going to have the advantage of having that last change. So you're going to be able to create much more favorable matchups. And let's put it this way. It's already now unproven. Once you get past McDavid and Dreisaitl, who else is stepping up for Edmonton? McDysaddle? Sander King. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Scott. I don't know. What did you say? I said McDysaddle. <laughs> McDysaddle. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long day already, guys. Leave me alone. <laughs> I know, Scott. I think you have a point because I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but I – I expect that Edmonton will try to jump out to a one to two goal lead in the first 10 minutes. I think they'll roll out with Mick Dreisaitl. Yeah. And try to get the Kings to play their style, um, their trap game, you know, as uh, Adrian Kempe was calling it the other night, uh, what we saw in games um, two and three. Um, yeah. 
and just try to jump out to an early lead. And yeah, but if the Kings can kind of start the way that they have the last two games, then I think definitely I'm going to get way ahead of myself here, but five on five favors LA more than it does Edmonton. They just, Kings just have to stay out of the box. Oh, no, have to stay out of the box. No doubt about it. And, you know, I tell you, the one thing that you really noticed in that game was Edmonton's frustration has mounted. Uh, yeah. You know, I think it's pretty obvious now that the Oilers were taking the Kings pretty lightly coming into this series. I think they honestly thought they were just going to roll through the Kings, um, maybe looking forward to a potential battle of Alberta, perhaps. But you saw in game five just how aggravated they were getting. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the one three one system that the Kings are playing. You, you, that was kind of the biggest strategy or the, one of the bigger keys coming into this series was how are they going to slow down the Oilers in the neutral zone? And I was listening to McDavid's post game the other day, and he specifically mentioned the one three one being a system that's kind of hampering the the Oilers a little bit. So maybe that is a bit of what's causing a lot of that frustration, but. I think a lot of it also has to do with constantly going up against players like Kopitar and Deneau. I mean, you're constantly being you're being hounded for on pucks. And it was something that was extremely evident in game four where there was just no room for the Oilers to make make plays or, or really do anything all over the ice. So if the Oilers do go back to McDrysidle and have <laughs> that, that pair for this game, I think that only... Yeah, I think we should get training. I think I think that only benefits the Kings because that only leaves really one line, maybe whether it's Deneau or the Kopitar line, to go up against those two. And then we've seen uh, the bottom six play pretty well. I mean, you you look at what Blake Lazat has been able to do this entire series. He leads all players in the series in Corsi four percentage, so he's constantly driving play. He's doing exactly what we've seen him do all season. So if you can get those bottom six players to keep that energy up for the Kings, I think there's a real good opportunity for the Kings to go home uh, with the series win or come out of L.A. with the series win. Yeah, what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I can't really disagree with anything that he said. Yeah, no, there, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, we talked about this prior to the series starting. If there was a team that was built to take on the Edmonton Oilers in a playoff series, it's the L.A. Kings, right? Mm -hmm. Because we just mentioned it. You have Kopitar and Deneau to deal with McDrysaitl, whether they're together or whether they're separate, right? doesn't matter. And now if you look at the bottom sixes for each team, the L.A. Kings have a better bottom six. And I'm not saying that because we're an L.A. Kings podcast. It's because it's true. Once you get past that top six in Edmonton, where where's any kind of secondary scoring coming from there? Well, oh, yeah, we kind of talked about that in the series preview. You know, really top-heavy team. 200 point scores and and uh connor and leon i'm, I'm abandoning the mcdry side of it that's played out already yeah. um <laughs> and then i think what is that or uh, uh rossi said zach hyman is down at like 50 some points or something like that but um yeah i'm really curious to see what the first 10 minutes look like into this game can the kings weather the storm and then if they can and it's still scoreless it's a big advantage to la guys Mm -hmm. Absolutely. No doubt about it. And, you know, we also talked about that the uh, this Mike Smith that was looking like a Vezina Trophy winner for the past couple of weeks at the end of the regular season wondered if that was going to hold up through the playoffs. He uh, still it started, it started to look that way. He still is, like, I think at the top of the saves above expected um, per the tweet that Jay Fresh just put out today. 
I think that a lot of it has to do with the volume that yeah, is going on. I mean, they I think it's been three straight games with 40 plus shots. So, right. I mean, the Kings are sticking to what they've been all season, which is just throw the puck on net as much as you can and hopefully something something happens and when you're going up against a, a goalie like Mike Smith, yeah, that should be your number one strategy. We've seen what he's done for the for years in the in goal in the NHL, so just continue to throw the puck on net just but Make sure you have traffic in front of them so you can pick up those loose that loose change and create a lot of opportunities off rebounds too. Yeah, absolutely. And it wears them down. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, let, mm-hmm. let's face it. I mean, he, he's no spring chicken anymore. So if you can just continue with that volume and just wear him down, obviously by the you know third period, you might be able to sneak in a couple of shots that maybe you wouldn't have got in the first period, but again human body tends to wear down. That's what we do. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, there's that, uh, Jonathan quick, you know, you, you can always count on him. It's, and especially what makes you feel good is that we're going into a, a clincher here. Who else would you rather have in goal? And I, and I, I say that feeling really bad for Cal Peterson. I it's really, no, it's no slight to him. It's just the playoff experience that is that quick has under his belt. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. But, uh, you know, the Oilers guys are going to be without their number one defenseman tonight as well. Darnell Nurse was uh, suspended for one game for the hit on Philip Deneau. Uh, fair, fair punishment? I think so. I think it's 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 funny because I didn't even really see the headbutt until people started pointing it out to me because I was more focused on the Kane play and the and the Cassian cross check. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, was thinking, I was thinking about those for, like, a few minutes just thinking about, like, okay – Cassian deserves something for what he did because just because of there was really nothing going on. Yeah, sure, players were gathering. There's no real fights or anything going on. But then he comes out of nowhere and just cross checks Sean Dursey in the back. That's obviously something you can't do and something that the league is trying to get rid of. We can talk about Kane's play where it, it was almost reminiscent a little bit of the hit last night on Truba on Crosby. So for all the Penguins fans that were upset, about nothing being assessed to Truba this morning, I was like, okay, well, nothing got assessed to Evander Kane, where he probably deserved. Because I mean, he he stuck out a knee and he threw out an elbow at the same yeah. at the same time. So and he yeah. got nothing out of it. So he came out scot free. Cassian got five thousand dollar fine. I'm fine with that. I wasn't really expecting a suspension. Honestly, I'd rather have him play than not play. <laughs> but <laughs> but as far as Nurse goes, that that was just that's just total bushly what he did. I mean. And he's lucky he, he, this is the playoffs because he probably would have gotten five five plus games if this was the regular season. Do you, do you guys, run? I mean, do you know what happened before that that led up to that? Because you know the the play itself, Mike Smith was making a save and he kind of held onto it to stop play, and then simultaneously, uh, Nurse just kind of lunged right into Philip Deneau underneath his chin. I, I don't know what happened before that. Like, I mean, because like you said, I didn't see it when it first happened. Yeah, I, the thing is, is I don't think much did happen. I think a lot of it has to do with the style of Philip Deneau's play that's been throughout the series. I mean, he's a pest. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you have the puck, he's right there behind you trying to get it back from you. So I'm sure this is just a lot of pent-up uh, frustration from Nurse that he just decided to take it out on Phil uh, when he had the opportunity. With his head, and yeah, <laughs> I know. You know, and that's the thing too. Especially when you're as important to your team as Darnell Nurse is to the Oilers, you got to keep your head. At least not <laughs> head. <butt. laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, things yeah. really, things really came to a head last night, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, like I said, guys, I honestly, I thought Kane should have got a game as well. I mean, that was pretty, pretty obviously an intent to injure. I mean, well, he was kicked out of the previous game too. Exactly. So, <laughs> come on. But mm-hmm. whatever. It, it is what it is, and you know. You can get frustrated, you can get angry about stuff like that, but it does nothing for you in the end. You know, you you come on a podcast, you gripe about it a little bit, and you move on. Yeah, but oh. it, it, it's a huge loss for the Oilers to lose Nurse in Game Six. I mean, he leads all players uh, in the series and even strength ice time. So it's just a big time loss, and I mean, they're going to have to look for players like Duncan Keith and Cody Cece to step up. So I'm not sure exactly who's going to replace Nurse in the lineup, but. It seems like it'll be Chris Russell, who's been known as to be like Ryan. You just mentioned before we came on here is pretty much his whole career has been known to be a shot blocker. So we'll see how he impacts the lineup in tonight's game. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, obviously, you know, Darnell Nurse is not replaceable by any one guy, but uh, but you never know though. Chris Russell might might bring that element of uh, obviously reducing the volume that Mike Smith's going to see. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, and, and we've seen what what's Troy Stetcher's been able to do for the Kings to just kind of come out of nowhere and, and not show some rust. So Chris Russell maybe might try to be able to do the same, but it'll, it'll be an important first 10 minutes in tonight's game for sure. Yeah. You guys, you guys make any lineup changes tonight? No. I, yeah, I don't – I'm with you, Scott. I, I don't think you do. Um. The way they started, I believe they had Athanasiu on with Kupari and Kaliev, and then they had Lemieux with Lazat and Brown. And then Athanasiu, the way he played um, to start the game, he was playing pretty well, and then he got promoted. And then, sure enough, scored the goal off a nice feed from Brown. So maybe you put Athanasiu back up there. Um, I, was a little, I was a little upset with the way he played that shorthanded goal. Um, he kind of just skated right by the, the net instead of stopping there. Um, but... As far as making any line changes tonight, I I just don't think you do. I think you just place Athanasiu right back with Lozat, and then you have Lemieux um, with uh, Kupari, or maybe even put Velarde there. Now you have last change, and maybe you can get a little bit more skill in the bottom six. Yeah, maybe. And I mean, I doubt we see, I doubt we see Arvidsson come back in. That his injury has been very hush hush. Yeah. Um, just really strange. We'll get the full picture in the off season, but. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, hopefully it's, it's not something long-term. I mean, because I, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but if the Kings do move past the Oilers, you're going to – I mean, if we're talking about eventually making – like if we're making our Stanley Cup run, you're going to need a player like Victor Arvidsson. Yeah, you can get – you can kind of skate by the Oilers maybe without him, um, but you're you're missing a, probably one of the better goal scorers on the team, and that's somebody that – the Kings will desperately need. It's just, it's just been odd. This whole injury situation. They first started off saying as a personal thing, and now yeah. it's a lower body injury. And he's he's been traveling with the team, I believe. I've seen him around um, crypto, so he's there. It's just I haven't, I haven't seen him limping or anything, so I'm I'm just not sure what it is, what's going on. Well, and the thing it was like personal, and then it was injury related, and then he was good chance he plays in game one and. I was out. Yeah, it's just really weird. I mean, speaking of players hanging around, how about the uh, the embrace of Dowdy on Kempe when he was heading to the media room? In the hallway, did you guys see that? 
It was yeah, awesome. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> I'm sure Drew Doughty is just gripping, like clenching his fist, wishing he was part of this series right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I, like I said in the last one, he was the one that was pounding the table for the uh, Kings management to make moves so they could make the postseason. Now he can't even play. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And don't forget, maybe he was in that part of that speech at the uh, between the third period and the overtime. Yeah. That, that could be entirely he's possible. He's in the room. You know, yeah, he's, all, oh, Drew can certainly deliver a speech. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure he's watching up in the press box, seeing what we're all seeing. Just, hey, guys, like that's that was a, a rough end of the third period, but you're still in it. It's 4 4. Like, make something happen overtime. You come away with the win. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, I think. Um, we're going to move on to talk about, well, tonight's game. But before we do that, why don't we get a word in from our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook, shall we? Sure. All right. So, hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets, no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings same-day game parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on NHL, any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets, no matter what. That's code XXX at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. In Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and New Hampshire, 888-789-7777. Visit ccpg.org backslash chat in uh, Connecticut, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-877-770-STOP-7867 in Louisiana, 877-8-HOPE-NY backslash text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York, Visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call or text tennis or TN Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. 21 and over or 18 and over in Wyoming. Physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com backslash sportsbook for details. And we are back, fellas. Scott, that was lovely. You know, that's a multiple. <laughs> and I'll tell you, you know, what? The, you know, because obviously if you're seeing this on the YouTube channel, I'm reading it, right? And mm -hmm. I certainly am not memorizing that. And all the states are in the abbreviation. So I like have to go back to grade school to try to remember them all. Because, <laughs> right. <laughs> guys, it's been a real, real long time for me. Right. You just like spin the globe and like okay, yeah. the state. The well, state. This way. It's been so long for me. We used to have, to have drills where we'd have to get under the desks for air raid. So oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so guys, like we've been talking, game six is tonight. Before we get into that, though, I, I want to point something out. You know, it just kind of goes to show 
how much the LA Kings and, and West Coast teams in general are ignored in the national media, right? Because, I mean, of course, all you're going to hear about is McDavid and Dreisaitl with the Edmonton Oilers because I think the, the league itself is so desperate to promote its stars that they will just do anything they can, regardless of what's happening, right? But nary a word has been said about the fact that the LA Kings are on the brink of winning this series without Drew, Dar- Drew Doughty and without Victor Arvidsson. Nobody has said anything about that. So it kind of shows to me, you know what? Maybe a lot of people just don't know a lot about this LA Kings team. I don't, I don't think you're, you're really wrong there. I think, and, and a lot of the storylines that I've seen is that this is more about the Oilers collapse than the Kings playing mm-hmm. well, which is entirely not true. This is the Kings shutting down two of the best players in the world and playing their game. That's, that's, that's the storyline. This isn't about the Oilers not playing up to their game. This is the, about the Kings outplaying the Oilers. So that should be the storyline of this series, not the other way around. Well, that and, I mean, <clears throat> there's a lot of uh, verified people on Twitter. and I, We talked about this the last, last pod, but calling the Kings a, an AHL team, uh, a layup for the Oilers. Look at the standings, guys. The Kings and Oilers were separated by five overtime decisions. Well, it's it, it, yeah, it's just it's just an easy out to to look at the Kings roster and be like, okay, no Drew Doughty, no Victor Arvidsson, easy lineup or easy uh-huh. game for the or series for the Oilers. That's that's an easy out. But they don't know about the good skill that we're seeing from players like Adrian Kempe, the shutdown ability from Philip Deneau. Andre Kopitar is still playing up to his level. Look at players like Sean Dursey who are playing great on the back end. Jonathan Quick, who's had a resurgent vintage Jonathan Quick type beer. So there's a lot to see from the LA Kings that aren't just Drew Doughty and 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 scoring from Victor Arvidsson that they're just gonna all of a sudden just roll over and just lose to the Oilers. No, this team has shown resiliency all season. And they're not just gonna go out easy. And sure enough, they're ahead with the opportunity to actually beat the Oilers in the first round, which is just incredible. It's it's just great. And that's the thing. Like if the Kings were healthy all year and they dealt were dealt with these blows to Dowdy and Arvidsson right before the playoffs, might be a little bit of a different story, but they've been dealing with this all year and it's been mm-hmm. the next man up mentality and they've everyone has embraced that. Yeah, yeah I think they're there needs to be more talk about Philip Deneau being a top 10 center in the NHL because, yeah, he's not going to put up 100 points in a season, but he's definitely going to shut down your best player, and and that's for a fact. So there needs, there needs to be more talk about players that play that full 200-foot game as opposed to just putting lighting up the lamp as much as they can because it hasn't really worked for players like Connor McDavid in the playoffs so far. So you need to play that full 200-foot game. And as much as people want to hate on John Tortorello for all the things that he says about, yeah, the, the flashiness and all that, but it's all about that full 200-foot game. And if you're not playing that, you're not going to go far in the playoffs. Uh, totally agree. Totally agree. And you know what? Now that you mentioned centers, I do want to ask you guys this. Are you okay with Quentin Byfield being scratched? I'm Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. I mean – it's not like he was playing that great. I mean, to get scratched, I don't. I want. I don't want to say he was playing bad enough to warrant a scratch. But right. the way that the first, the game two went, I mean, six nothing loss. I, I believe he didn't play game three, right? Game two, right. game three. Yeah, Velarde came in. Right. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, it, it makes sense. You're getting a 19 year old and playing his first couple of games in, in uh, playoffs in the NHL. 
So to, for, to, ha- to see him come out, I wasn't really disappointed. I mean, I've heard people say, well, why, does he, why isn't he playing with the Ontario Reign and, and the Calder Cup playoffs? Well, he's probably getting a lot, lot of experience whether he's not playing just from being around the team and then the environment, all, all the tense situations that they're mm-hmm. in during practice and during the game. Sure. So I'm sure he's getting a lot of experience from that. Yeah, I agree. I think his time will eventually come. Um, he's got to do what's best for the team right now. I mean, that said, next year is probably a huge year in terms of his development. Uh, hopefully he can get in the weight room and throw on some muscle and get a little bit stronger in the offseason. Um, should be in line for a, hopefully a big season next year. No, I, I totally agree. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm good with it because really the bottom line is you want to win this series and you have to do what's absolutely best for the team at that particular juncture. And the way the team is rebounding and is playing, Hey, listen, you got, you got to do what you got to do. And you, you guys are both right. He is still getting invaluable experience. I would much rather have him being around like an Anze Kopitar, a Jonathan quick drew Doughty still, I mean, he's not playing, but he's still a part of the team. These guys at playoff time, this is invaluable for him to just be able to sponge that information off of and just watch what they do and how they prepare. It's going to do huge wonders for him going down the road. Mm-hmm. And, Ryan, I think you're right. I'm going to hopefully, and I'm sure he will, uh, stay in L.A. this offseason, put some more muscle on, and all that. because obviously the talent is there. There's no doubt about it. The physical tools are there. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of putting it all together. And, you know, yeah, I, yeah, he's 19 right now. But, you know, within a year or two, you got to start seeing some steps being taken forward. You got to start seeing a little more consistency. And I think you will out of him. But like I said, this is just this is a great time for him to just kind of sit back, take it all in and say, OK, put this in the mental toolbox for when I'm in this situation next year or the year after. I know what these guys did and I'm going to do that. Well, if you think yeah. about, I mean, kind of a good example I look at is like Mikey Anderson. Um, remember yeah. when we spoke with him on the podcast, he said he spent a lot of time in the in the weight room getting ready for the season and stuff like that. And you look at him this year, and he had a couple games with at least seven hits, uh, a few games with six hits. He had six hits the other night, including taking down uh, Nugent Hopkins and McDavid in the same game. You know, that game was just uh, – he was kind of like uh, trending on Twitter that night, just like, holy cow, this guy really – uh, he's 22 years old, but he's playing like a seasoned veteran. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. It's funny you say that because McClellan had, t- had mentioned that we talk about Mikey Anderson like he's been in the league for 10 years, <laughs> and, and and it's almost like indicative of the way he plays. I mean, he and this this isn't really a new environment for to him either. He's played in multiple national championships in the college level. He's played at the World Junior level in, in medal games. So. He's, he knows this kind of pressurized environment in terms of uh, these postseasons. So, but, but we're seeing Mikey Anderson almost play up to that potential where he is a real good shutdown hybrid type defenseman that can play both sides of the ice really well and go up against top, top end talent, especially like Connor McDavid, which is just, it's been uh, astonishing and, and great to watch if you're a Kings fan. Absolutely. And you know what the best part of it, of this whole playoffs? Well, not the best part, but one of the best parts. All of a sudden, that need to get Jacob Chikrin has just kind of disappeared. You know, that's actually gone right out of my mind at this point. Um, but until it, until it, the season's over. Yeah, yeah true, <laughs> true, right? But <laughs> I mean, there is going to be a hole on the left side if they don't bring Edler back. Or Mata. Or Mata back. True, mm-hmm. true. 
But, you know, hey, and by the way, and, and it obviously it would involve first round picks and all that. Guys, wasn't it great to just simply not give a damn that the draft lottery was going on? I didn't. I actually forgot. I forgot about it until the day before when people started posting about, uh, you know, the odds and stuff again. I was like, oh, man, it's been like four years since I've not had to give a crap about this. (laughs) I think, yeah, and it also, like, the Kings aren't in it, yeah, but it's like, yeah, Shane Wright is a great player, but this is a really good draft. And even if the Kings are, they're going to probably have a mid-teens to low-teens pick, I mean, you're still going to get a good player if they do decide to keep it or if they decide to trade it. And it'll be a fun offseason, I'm sure we'll talk about once this season's oh, over. Yeah. But let's ride the wave until we get there. Absolutely. So speaking of riding the wave, what are we looking for? The keys to tonight's game, game six. Keep crashing the net. Just got to keep uh, living in front of uh, Mike Smith's uh, goal crease. Just make sure you're going to get the volume. We've seen it happen time and time again throughout the series. So throw shots on net and then pick up loose change and try to try to pot them home. So there are going to be opportunities there. Yeah, kind of a three-part for me. But first 10 minutes we talked about, you know, Edmonton is going to throw everything they have at the Kings out of the gate. Weather that storm, try to get on the board first. Is the first team that scored has won every game this series. Um, stay out of the box, guys. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. pretty much what led to the Oilers' comeback in that third period. Right. Um, if they can get anything on the power play, you know they're two for twenty in the series. Philip Deneau has both goals. Huge plus if they could get absolutely anything on the power play. So just quick recap, first 10 minutes, stay out of the box, try to convert on the power play. Yeah, just stick to the game. Just uh, play your 1-3-1 defense and, or neutral zone, and it seems to be uh, frustrating the Oilers, and just stick to that, and good things will happen. So hopefully that happens. You know, Ryan, the way you just did that was ideal for a telestrator. <laughs> that would have been perfect. <laughs> I mean, you kind of like – Touched on a point that I wanted to hit, but yeah, the one three one ESPN broadcast um, kind of touched on Brandon Lemieux uh, in the one three one, and he did a great job of pushing McDavid to the outside. You know, all the Kings just kind of flock, and they, they can't really get inside. And they've just I mean, bring this whole thing home. They've done such a good job in the last two games, keeping everything to the perimeter and not letting McDavid get to the, to the inside. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Although I do think that, you know, going forward, you know, in the next season, I, I think the, the Kings need just a little bit more size and grit. No, I agree. I agree with that. They could use a, a big body forward. For sure. For sure. But you said that uh, tonight's game is going to be on TBS. Right? It is. Yes, it is. Thank goodness. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> that was painful. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, it, both, it wasn't just one. The, the both the whole team was terrible as far as the broadcast goes. I, I thought I was watching the the Edmonton home broadcast for a while. <laughs> oh man, I mean, I, listen, I get, and it goes right back to you know, and I'm sure it wasn't just them. I'm sure that there's somebody in their earpieces at all times saying, "Well, you got to push the stars. You got to talk about McDavid all the time. This is what the league wants," which is all fine and good. But my goodness, <laughs> enough's enough. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, McDavid and Drysdale, they're, they're polarizing players. I mean, they're the two superstars in the NHL, so of course they're going to get all the attention, but they're missing out on some really good stars that are budding in, in L.A. and Philip Deneau and a lot of good uh, – Trevor Moore, 
obviously, who's, who's, who's looked not out of place at all in his first playoffs, which has been really exciting because you, 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 you're excited about the regular season that a player like Trevor Moore has, but to see him put it together in the playoffs too, that's, that, that bodes well for a good uh, future and hopefully a couple cups in his future too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, we're starting to run a little bit out of time here, but I do want to touch on some of the other series that's going on, especially in the Western Conference real quick. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that affect us the most. Uh, Colorado (laughs) is already done. They steamrolled through Nashville, uh, to be expected. Uh, Let's see. uh, St. Louis is leading Minnesota three games to two. That series has been a dogfight like I think we all expected it. That's actually a really good series, too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Kaprizov, he has, what, at least six or seven goals in that series? But Tarasenko says, don't forget about me. Like, I know, uh, right? yeah, uh, battle of the and, Russians. Yeah, and I saw um, Michael Russo, who covers the the uh, the Wild for the Athletic. I think Kaprizov broke Marion Gabrick's playoff or a playoff record or something like that for most goals in a series or something like that. Oh, wow. no, he's well, a great player. There's, <laughs> if anybody had any doubts, no, nah, he, he's he's for real. There's, there's <laughs> no. that. And he almost went to Russia this past season. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> You're mm-hmm. Right, but you know, I'll tell you, I, I myself was a li- slightly surprised that the Wild went out, went out and got Mark Andre Fleury at the trade deadline, just because Cam Talbot was playing pretty well, to be perfectly honest with you. But he's been the man in goal for them. So, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. they're behind in the series, but I don't know if you're going into an elimination game, you know, and, and going into St. Louis. By the way, it's, this is a road game for them. I think it was probably a pretty good idea to have a. a a veteran like that who's been there, done that, uh, between your pipes to try to keep your playoff hopes alive and push a game seven. Yeah, we talk about Jonathan Quick and how he plays up to those big games. I mean, if for the, if the Wild were going to go anywhere, you had to get a big game goaltender. And sure, Cal, Cam Talbot's been great, but it's hard to top a, a big game goaltender like Mark Andre Fleury. So if he's available, you had to go get him. Um, how about how about the Eastern Conference though? Eastern well, Conference. Been- before yeah, we go, go ahead. we forgot one. We forgot one. The most important one that we're probably going to be have to deal with. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Calgary and Dallas. Hopefully, uh, deal been, with. Yeah, it's been one of the most boring ones to watch, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's definitely put a pot of coffee on before you watch this game. Uh, but I, I'm going to tell you guys something. I didn't realize Dallas was such a plucky bunch. They really, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're giving it their all. I mean. Jake Ottinger has been unbelievable. Yeah, he's been playing he's really the well. Reason that they're in this series, there's no doubt about it. But Calgary, I'll be honest with you, hasn't looked as dominating in this series as they did in the regular season. Well, I mean, Toffoli's kind of done his disappearing act after yeah. being acquired in a new place. I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but the last time I checked, he doesn't have any points in the series. No, I don't think maybe, he's had a goal since April 16th. That's what maybe, I saw. Maybe he got. Uh, on the score sheet last night, I, I haven't checked, to be honest. He didn't. Or, no, uh, no points. Okay. Trevor Lewis scored. I saw that. Empty netter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you know what? Hey, good for Trevor Lewis, just as long as it's not against us. <laughs> That's all we care. <laughs> well, yeah, it'll be interesting because I've had fans ask me, who should we be rooting for? And if the Stars win and the Kings win, Kings open up the next round at home. That, that that's insane. <laughs> is that how it's going to work though? Because of the the reseeding is is really wacky the way they do things anyway in the NHL. It's a I it's know. a bracket. There's yeah, no reseeding. So, 
Well, but that's why. Okay, the lack of reseeding is what I. Yeah, I, yeah. I probably should have. Reported so we the the Kings would play the winner of the Stars and and the Flames, and since the Kings have more points than the Stars, they would open at home against the Stars. And so that means that the the Avalanche would get the winner of St. Louis. And yes. Minnesota. Yep. Wow. You want to talk about just throwing fuel on the fire for people who want to change the playoff format? Oh, <laughs> yeah, Avalanche, the Avalanche are sitting pretty. I mean, they're going to have a five-day break probably going into this next round or series. Yeah, they're, it's going to be hard to top them in, yeah. in anywhere. They're, they're looking like cup favorites, obviously. Yeah, well, I mean, they are, but, you know, I'll tell you, I wonder if, the, especially if these series go six, seven games, that layoff might hurt them a little bit at first. I've never yeah, yeah, it could, but I think over a seven-game series, uh, just be a blip in the in the road. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let, you know what, Russ? You mentioned the Eastern Conference. Let's take a look at that real quick. Uh, interesting games. So tonight, uh, Thursday night, <clears throat> you got Carolina and Boston. Boston's got their backs to the wall. They could be done. Uh, Toronto and Tampa Bay. Believe it or not, the Tampa Bay Lightning could be finished. Um, mm-hmm. Those are the two games tonight. The other two series are the the Rangers and the Penguins, which you know, I'm sure everybody knows about what happened last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, a certain elbow going into Sidney Crosby, and of course the Washington Capitals and the Florida Panthers. Which I'm going to tell you something. That series, I of course picked Florida to win it, but I also knew Washington was not going to be an easy out mm-hmm. because that's a, that's another one of those storylines that kind of gets forgotten. Is that Washington finished with 100 points? And they still have a lot of players on a team that just won the Stanley Cup four, four years ago. So I, I think this is actually probably the best thing that could have happened to the Florida Panthers is to play a team like that in the first round to get battle-tested, a little battle-hardened before they move on. So uh, any thoughts about the Eastern Conference, guys? I've been I've been intrigued, I guess you can say, with the Eastern Conference. All those games, I mean, the first couple of games in most of the series were, were blowouts, but last night was um, – the night of comebacks in the East, you had Toronto or not Toronto. You had, um, who was it? New York. That was down two nothing. And then mm-hmm. Crosby got hurt, left the game, didn't come back. And, um, they come, the Rangers come back and, and eventually take the game. So that's going to be a big, if, if Crosby's not able to come back in that series, that's going to be huge in terms of, uh, the Penguins eventually closing out that series, but they're going to be going home up three, two. So we'll see what happens there. And then, uh, the Panthers, I picked them to I picked them to win the Stanley Cup just because of the way they're loaded. It's just you you look at that team up and down and all, all along the defensive blue line too. They're just stacked, and this is really their first real breakout type year where they're expected to go far. And they were down three nothing, and I was a little worried, but Carter Verhage had five points to help them. That's it was just wild to help bring them back and and win the game. And I think these last two games have kind of summarized what the Panthers are. So I, I think they'll eventually beat the the Capitals, but tonight will be an interesting test for the Lightning and the Maple Leafs, and then mm-hmm. the, the Bruins yeah. and the Hurricanes. There's some important games there. Yeah, both teams. I mean, the Leafs have that first round monkeys. See if they can get it off their back, and obviously the Lightning are back to back reigning champs. So something's got to give there. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, that's the one series that really intrigues me too. Is that that Lightning uh, Maple Leaf series? Uh, you know. I, I had the Lightning winning that in seven just because it, they're the defending two-time cup champs, right? And I, I, I thought that maybe that championship experience was going to carry them a little bit. But I'll tell you, 
Austin Matthews, man, he looks like he he's bound and determined to get out of that first round. Um, Mitch Marner as well. Uh, even Willie Nylander, who I know gets kind of maligned in the uh, in the Toronto press, he stepped up the last game. And, you know, watching this series, you can tell that the Tampa Bay Lightning have played a lot of hockey <laughs> over the past few years, and especially, especially Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah. I mean, they, they just they continue to run him out game after game after game in the regular season. And I just wonder if he's not starting to get a bit worn out. Yeah, and we talk. We remember the Stanley Cup hangover that the Kings would go through, and they, they didn't even make the playoffs after their 2014 um, Stanley Cup championship. So the hangover is real, and the the, the first couple of games, it kind of looked like that was a little bit um, going to hamper the the Lightning. They they played some games where they kind of just looked out of it throughout. But I mean, there's a there's a Lightning. They're the back to back Cup winners, and they're going to be going home uh, down three two in the series, hoping to send it to game seven where if it goes to game seven, yeah. those uh, Maple Leafs fans are going to be oh, <laughs> talk about, talk man. about clinching season. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> clinching or clinching, which one? Uh, I, I, pick, I picked the Maple Leafs in seven, so we'll yeah. see if they can pull it out. I, I really hope that goes seven. Cause that would just be an awesome game seven to watch. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think all the series will go to seven in the East. I, I can see the, I can see the Capitals winning at home in, in game six, and I can see the Lightning winning at home. And you have the Bruins who have the home game tonight, so I, I can definitely see them all going to game seven. I'll be honest with you. I picked the Bruins in seven, but I, they just can't seem to do anything in Carolina this, this playoff season. I don't know what it is, but you know we'll see. It, it's Like I said, it's actually – you know what I'm actually kind of glad for, guys, is that there's only been one series – it's been a complete blowout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's been really good hockey so far. Uh, yeah. I mean, some of the individual games have been blowouts, but yeah, as far as the series, they're close. Um, yeah. yeah. I think Nashville had the lead for like four seconds in that Colorado <laughs> series. Was it really a lead? Was it just kind of like, <laughs> eh, okay. I'm sure That's they so got bad. the goal announcement off. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's Nashville. I feel bad almost because they were what 20 minutes away from beating the coyotes and not having to face the avalanche they were up yeah. four to nothing to the Arizona. yeah to a team that was not going anywhere near the playoffs mm-hmm. that's unbelievable i'll tell you though you know did you notice though at the end of that that the fourth game there in nashville philip forsberg yeah took an awful long time coming mm-hmm. off the ice waving to the fans mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i wonder i wonder I want to say He's gonna get a lot of money in the offseason, that's for sure. You ain't kidding. He'll be able to visit once a year. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Well, we'll we'll see. Hopefully, because that's a that's gonna be a fun day too, free agent frenzy. But that's a long ways away yet. We've yeah. got much more interesting things to deal with right now, including, like I said, game six tonight. Could be a clincher. So it's amazing because the draft is already less than two months away as well. Um, and usually by, you know, I'm used to diving into draft profiles and stuff at this time of year. <laughs> oh, this is weird for us. We're not going to know anybody is in the draft. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, who is that? Shane Wright, is he still available? No, Scott. No. Oh. <laughs> He's oh. been, uh. Shane Wright has been off the, off the clock since mid-May. <laughs> <laughs> but. Oh, any closing thoughts, guys? 
Looking forward to a big game tonight. Absolutely. Should be a good crowd. Yeah, should be a good crowd tonight. Yeah. yeah, that and that's another thing that's so exciting to see too, right? A, a rocking a rocking crypto.com arena. That's that's awesome. It is so great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's the king score first that building's gonna be up for grabs. Oh, <laughs> and and let's hope let's hope it happens. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think that's all the time we got. Uh, once again, thank you to all you listeners out there for listening to this show and for reading our articles on HockeyRoyalty.com. Uh, we truly appreciate the support you give us, and we can never do what we do without you. So hats off, as always, to you, the listener, and to you, the readers. Thank you so much. And we also want to say hi to our friends over at the Hockey Podcast Network and our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook uh, app. So anyways, that's it. That's all we got. Let's have a good game tonight, guys. For Ryan Sykes, for Russell Morgan, I'm Scott Kinville. Thanks for listening, and go Kings go!